All right, today we're talking about electronic versus mechanical cameras here on That Vintage Lens. It's always been my belief that you can't build a successful future without knowledge of the past. At That Vintage Lens, we're doing just that, refining our craft and building our skills in this visual art by learning from photographers and with equipment past. So join us on our little adventures as we chat about film photography in the modern age. You might learn something. I know we will. All right, hey everyone, and welcome to That Vintage Lens. We're back on the road again. This is becoming a trend, a tradition now. Um, we, we do have drinks in front of us, although they are not alcoholic this time. They're just plain old coffees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we are, we are back in New Haven, Connecticut, oddly enough. Um, one of the biggest announcements that uh, we've got coming down um, the path down the, I, I don't know. The coming trail. down the tube. Coming down the, the tube. The tube, sure. that's a good one. Um, is that unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on, on how you look at it, um, John Henry Keenan has accepted a new position out in Washington, D.C., and so he will be starting a new job, so that's the, the great thing. Um, the unfortunate part is that uh, with him moving to D.C., he will unfortunately not be part of the typical mm. podcasts Um we're going to try, though, when we're out in D.C., to try to uh, bring him in as a special guest. Yeah. Um, so that'll be good because we honestly travel to D.C. quite a bit. So uh, that's the the latest news for that vintage lens. We wish John Henry all the best in this uh, new endeavor. And, uh, good luck. Yeah. We'll keep on keeping on here as well. Keep shooting so, film. So today I'm here in New Haven with Daniel Gebert and Cody Hilliard. And we're going to be talking today about uh, kind of a topic I've been thinking about for a while, which is mechanical cameras versus electronic cameras. Um, talk a little bit about the differences between the two, why we'd choose one over the other, um, and honestly, you know, what we shoot with the most, benefits, negatives, all of that. So, um, but before we get to that, we're going to do what we typically do and chat about our most recent happenings. So, Daniel, you want to start us off? Sure, yeah. Um, not a whole lot of recent happenings, to be honest. Um, the coronavirus lockdown and everything like that is, is um, in its kind of later stages, has, has really kind of put a, put a, a, a tamper on, a damper on, uh, on how much film I'm shooting. Hmm. I haven't really shot much at all recently. Yeah. Um, Chemicals, too, are... You haven't really come across money. Yeah, I so I haven't been I haven't been developing. Um, I haven't been really doing much of any film photography or honestly photography at all for that matter. Hmm. Whoa. I yeah, you know sometimes it's good to take a little healthy break to remember mm -hmm. how much you love it, mm -hmm. and that's yeah. starting to kind of come back around where I'm. I, I get the itch. I get the desire. Um, I did recently mm. pick up some, a, a new paper backdrop that I'm going to start um, doing some like kind of studio style stuff, and which I, is really cool. By I'm me. really excited yeah. for that, and yeah, and some and there's some rolls in the mail that are coming in for the Mamiya, and I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to kind of get get back into it. But um, but yeah, it, you know, I just took a, a kind of a little mini break, and it was really good to to shoot digital for a while and get used to just snapping away. So that now I can kind of refocus and, and mm -hmm. put my energy into something a little bit more slow and intentional. Well, that's the crazy mm -hmm. thing. We went out to shoot today and I was like, oh, what, do you, what did you bring? And you were like, well, I, I actually don't have a film camera with yeah. me right now. And yeah. I, I don't know, there was some, I felt a, a sadness deep inside I think me. you thought I was pulling your leg. I, at first I did. I was you're like, like you're like, what? Yeah, you're I'm joking, like, right? certainly you've got like three, right? And no. Yeah. Nope. 
None. Not at all. Not at all. Just the fooge. Just the fooge. Yeah. So, um, we're but it's about, good. It's been a good break. Yeah, yeah. And we're thinking about going to a camera shop tomorrow that's outside of New Haven in Milford, Connecticut. Maybe. Um, so, maybe. What, what film see? stocks did you order? I ordered a bunch of HP5. Nice. Very creative, very off the wall. <laughs> no I one know, shoots yeah. that film You've stock. You've never shot HP5 before, no. so it'll be new no. for you. I, right? I also got a bunch of Fomapan 400, which is my okay. favorite like contrasty one. Nice. And Lomo Earl Grey and Berlin and Lady Grey. So okay. pretty much all of their black and white, like they're a little bit lower contrast. And I've loved those stocks when I've shot them. And so I just like having those... If I want to shoot a bunch of black and white, I have options. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit low contrast, a little bit high contrast, and then HP5, which is pretty much whatever I want it to be. Mm, so, nice. Cool. So yeah. I'm going to pause for one second <clears throat> and do that. Can I hear a test now? Yep. So a couple of great, different great. options for film. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. What about you, Cody? What's the what's the update? What's the latest? Well, I I've been shooting, I guess, more family stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff with me and my fiance. Um, been shooting some expired film, uh, some Kodak Gold. I've got a shirt, so I feel like I have to represent. I got to shoot some Kodak Gold. <laughs> the Kodak Gold. How yeah. old is that film? Uh, that one was probably from like 2004. Okay. Nice. nice. Not crazy old, but still, I mean, it's still old. I don't think they sell it anymore, do they? No, they don't make it. This is unfortunate. Yeah. No, but kind of as a, a reminder to people, though, like, some people have this idea that once once film expires, it's like it doesn't milk. work anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's it just like it's gone. No more pictures. You just toss it. Um, I was gonna but, say you picked up a role recently, or the T Max. Yeah, so I, I had a, a set uh, when I bought my Bronica like two years ago. It came with an unopened pack of T Max that expired in 1989, mm. and I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know how it's stored, but let me try it out. And it's maybe a little bit less sensitive than it would have mm. been originally. Like, it, my pictures turn out a little bit dark. I've been shooting at a box speed, though. Um, and I just love it. I mean, the, yeah. the black point's a little bit raised. Mm-hmm. But aside from mm. that, it's just, it's still gorgeous. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. From 1989. I mean, yeah, that's a while ago. To put um, that in perspective, that's before I was born. Yeah. So that's just, it's, there's film that has been expired longer than I've been alive. And it's still great. It's it cool, though. Good, so. It's funny. I actually, I don't know if I brought this up before, but I had a roll that I found in my Yashica A when I first picked it up. I picked it up for like 60 bucks from hmm. this thrift shop. And there's a, a roll still in it. And it had only one shot taken. Uh, I ended up taking the rest of the roll. Um, I think six photos totally did not turn out at all because um, that was really my first time getting into film. And then uh, the the frame that was already taken was gone it was lost hmm. it was nothing um which was unfortunate i think there's like a faint hint of a man mm-hmm. but i really wish that that was in there that, that sounds like the plot of some sort of tv show it's that like, was it, a faint hint of a man <laughs> <laughs> exactly but yeah no i shooting stuff of like my niece and nephew and nice. i well soon to be niece and nephew mm-hmm. um Domestic photography is so underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you see it well done. Like Brandon, you just sh- you just had a bunch of roles developed, and mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll yeah. get into that. But good black and white domestic stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. just watch any Matt Day video where he, you know shows kids uh, photos of his kids and his wife, and it's like it's a lot of fun. If you if it's well done and 
it, man, it just that stuff is so good and timeless. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because I mean, too, it means something to you. Yeah, and that's like, yeah, yeah no one can take away that meaning from you. Yeah, because like those people matter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a little bit funny because I think a couple episodes ago we were talking about uh, how many rolls we shot per year, yeah. and I was like, I, you know, I think it's in the twenty to thirty range, mm. and I estimated about, um, yeah, I was like probably closer to thirty all in. And I haven't developed film since um, I sent my last rolls in to be developed in uh, December. It was like December 28th, like three days after Christmas. Mm. And I just sent in a bunch of rolls and I sent in exactly 15 rolls. And so I was like, okay, halfway through the year. So yeah, that was pretty much on with Mm. like the 30 rolls. But um, yeah, so my photos have been pretty much all family stuff. I mean, there, there are mm. a couple roles in there that are from film shoots or whatever else, uh, like actual uh, motion picture film shoots that we've been out on um, when I when we have traveled to places like New Haven or wherever else. But as a whole, it was, it was family stuff, um, which was great. There were a couple roles that, you know, I, I had sitting around for a while and then finished them off. And like the, the pictures that I finished them off with weren't, you know, ones that I had spent a lot of time on it was like i just want to finish this role and i loved some of them mm. got shots of my son running through the sprinkler one afternoon and he was just having a blast and uh they were taken on the 1v so i had autofocus which was really nice because he was running through and there were just a couple shots that's like that nailed it and i'm super happy with mm. it um took took a bunch on the the 85 1.4 canon mm-hmm. like yep yep that was great yeah so. those turned out great and i mean that like captured childhood in yeah one like one frame mm-hmm. it's great yeah i gotta get some of those framed up and mm-hmm. yeah in terms of gear i said it last time there's <laughs> there's uh, very few things certain in life one of the things that is though is that i'm going to come in with a new camera and do you have a new camera i did get two new cameras you got two new cameras it was at a we were at a an antique shop in saint joseph michigan and I had not planned, I, like I said the last time, I don't really have any on my like have to pick up soon list. Mm-hmm. But we were at this antique shop and this guy had a booth that, I mean, he must have had 40 cameras there. And they were all oh, wow. classic cameras I and mean, like mechanical old cameras. Um, and he knew a decent amount about them, too. Um, I don't think he realized that I knew much about them. But, <laughs> um, but I, I found a Kodak Retina 2. Okay. That was, I think I spent like 25 bucks or 30 bucks. Not much considering the Retina 3C that I've got, I spent like 200 on. Um, and it, it works great. I did a little bit of a test with like the, the shutter speeds and they just seem to be relatively accurate. I yeah. mean, it'd be good for me to take it in and get it serviced, but uh, as a whole, it's in great shape. Um, and then I picked up a, a 16 mil uh, motion picture camera there nice. too for like, and it has the old 16 mil. Um, uh, cassette that went in the, the, the oh, magazine really? that goes in there too. Yeah. So, um, wait, 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 which one is it? It's what, what, which camera? Yeah. The it's, 16. Uh, it's like a Kodak Cinna Brownie something, uh, okay. uh, or Cinna. I'd have to look at it again. I, hmm. it was cool enough that I wanted to have it on display and it does function. So, although I don't think you could get the, the film cassette for it anymore. So yeah. it's one, it was, it's old enough that it was one of those where you like bought the cassette pre-filled, and then shipped it back, and it's not a modern, like a, a typical Super 16 or, yeah. you know, whatever else. I just shot uh, some 8 mil recently. Yeah? yeah. Nice. Um, I can't quite remember the camera that it was. It was something that has no manual on the internet whatsoever. 
Interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think I tried to come across it, but uh, yeah, I was shooting for a little family doc uh, in Wisconsin, Shotek, nice. Wisconsin, which was a little family trip that we do. So shooting eight mil, mm-hmm. it's so it's so much fun. I don't yeah. Know. One and of the most recent blog posts that we have up on the website is a review of the the uh, uh, Nikon R10, mm. which is the, uh, the Super 8 camera that I've got, and then one that we have one at, at work as well. Um, I was partly inspired because you were talking about how you were shooting some email. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so great. I mean, it just it captures a moment unlike anything else that mm. I know of. 18, um, 18 frames a second. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I you mean, have to. A lot of mil. them can do 24, but I feel like 18 frames is the 8 mil look. Mm-hmm. Mine, it, just, it is. Mine actually, I want to say it did 48 frames. Yeah. So the, the R10 can do, I want to say 50. Mm. So it'll it'll do about double speed um, yeah. slow-mo. Um, although it does say not to do that for the entire, like it says to do it in short bursts. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a if it like overheats or it just can't keep up with the speed or what. But hmm. yeah. Yeah. the 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 film that I shot was from 1975. Okay. So okay. we'll see if that actually turns out <laughs> or not. Um, it was it was Type A, so they actually don't really develop that in in house for Kodak. So <laughs> you have to go through like a third party. Weird. Yeah, I think oh. it's going to be like 120 just for the two like yeah two rolls. Yikes. Wow. It's yeah. wild to me to think that 16 mil was like a consumer format at one point. I know. It's really know. weird to think yeah. about, especially now, yep. because 16 mil now is is kind of hard to get into. You really have to have like the infrastructure and mm-hmm. and some real technical know-how in order mm-hmm. to get that to happen. Yeah. 8 mil is a little bit, it's still pretty bulletproof. Like you buy a cassette, you pop it yeah, in the camera, those, those are so it, easy. and mm-hmm. then you're, you're good. You send it, you know, like it is these prefabbed kind of cassettes. Mm-hmm. But 16 mil, it, it's moved away from that and never kind of come back. Yeah. I do like with eight mil taking the cassette out in between scenes. Yeah, because you it get exposes, the little, yeah, 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 it exposes like the the couple frames you get there. That fringe. The, yep, it's yep. great. Flips through it. Yeah, and we did. Um, I know we got to get onto our topic in a second, but we did get uh, this past week a box of vintage cameras, and at work, mm-hmm. uh, one of the founders of of the company that we, that we work for, Spirit Juice Studios, um, he he's moving currently, and he came in and he was like, hey, so. I had this box of old cameras sitting in my my closet, and I haven't used them in years. So I figured you guys like old cameras, and just brought them in. And so I wondered what that was. Yeah. So it's got like I mean, it had everything from uh, one ten cameras uh, okay. to uh, super eight cameras yeah. to I mean, it, so to Polaroids that um, were models that I actually hadn't seen before. So it, it was kind hmm. of a cool little collection to have come into the office. Yeah. But, uh, There's a couple that I'm probably gonna pay rob to get off his hands yeah, because there's yeah. a couple that i'm like yeah i want that i know right yeah mm. i told him i i said uh you know if you decide that you, that you don't want these i said there's a line of people who, <laughs> oh, yeah. who would love to jump in there so yeah yeah well let's go ahead and get to our topic then so we're talking about mechanical cameras versus electronic cameras and uh let's preface a little bit about what what we mean by that because there are uh, there are some cameras that might actually have both in there, but I, I mean, I would say mechanical cameras are ones that, that require no batteries to function, yeah. mm-hmm. um, at least their core functionality. I would, I would consider, uh, like some of the Leicas that require batteries for the meter. I would still consider that a mechanical camera. Yep. It requires batteries for the meter, but not to function. If you run out of batteries, keep shooting. Yep. Um, and then an electronic camera is something that uh, is a little bit more like, uh, you know, the, um, oh, the EOS 650 or 
Um, you, what, what do you have in front of us? Uh, I've got the Nikon N90S. Yeah, so cameras that rely on batteries to function. Yep. A lot of point and shoots, a lot of uh, SLRs, later SLRs. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was a big thing when cameras started switching over to electronics. Um, I, I know that with the, uh, like the, the Nikon side of things, in their professional line, the F2 was mechanical. The F3 was electronic mm-hmm. primarily. Um, and so there were a lot of people that kind of held off on the F3 because uh, they didn't trust the electronics. Yeah. Um, it's one of those, it was like very in, but at the same time, they're, they're, we'll, we'll get into the benefits of both. Um, but uh, let's start by just, you know, which do you prefer and why? Sure. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there with electronic versus mechanical cameras because as well as, you know, electronic shutter control, there's a lot of automation going on there. At Mm -hmm. the highest level of electronic cameras, you have things like the Nikon F6, like the newest top end from from Nikon that they still make, I think. And that has, you know, electronic shutter, electronic wind. Mm -hmm. It'll, you know, rewind your film for you. Obviously electronic, uh, like autofocus. Um, very complicated metering system and a lot of cameras kind of like you said kind of pick and choose some of those functions like mm-hmm. some of the metering that is in Leica cameras is that's the only automation it has and then there are some cameras that have autofocus and all that kind of thing so um, yeah, I feel, feel like it was sort of a gradual thing where they started with uh, electronic meters that mm-hmm. were battery yeah. powered mm-hmm. and then it became okay we're gonna we're gonna time the shutters with electronics and then later on, it was more of the, oh, we're going to wind the film for you and load mm-hmm. the film for you and all of that electronically and, uh, you know, things of that nature. So, yeah, it, it definitely was a progression in, in a lot of respects. But some people still hold on to that mechanical side, particularly Leica. Yeah, um, with like some a Hasselblad. Of theirs, yeah, or Hasselblad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, some of theirs. So A lot of my cameras are electronic in some way. Mm-hmm. So even the Mamiya, which is, I mean, pretty much as bare bones as you can get mm-hmm. as, a, as a camera still runs a lot on that battery. Like mm-hmm. if you take that battery out, it's not very useful because yeah. you don't have your What functions do you lose? What's up? What functions do you lose? I think you probably I think you might lose the shutter. Uh, I oh, think the shutter is timed with in the Mamiya. With, yeah, in the Mamiya. Gotcha. Yeah, I think the I shutter think is timed right. with the battery. But you also you also lose the um I have a powered viewfinder that will tell me what mm. shutter speed and aperture settings it wants me to shoot at if I rely on the meter. Mm. Mm-hmm. Something I find interesting too is that a lot of a lot of cameras that are electronically timed in that respect still have a mechanical override speed. Yes. So the F3, for example, which is uh, the the shutter is electronically timed. Um, it, it, I believe it's one sixtieth is what it will shoot mechanically. So if you run out of batteries, and I've had to do that before, there was one time. Uh, it, you know, those batteries in that camera will last you like three, four years. Yep. You know, if if you're shooting regularly but not crazy. And, uh, you know, I ran out on vacation one time and just shot the rest of the roll, closed all the way down to like F16 or F11 or something like that uh, at 160th. And mm. the pictures turned out great. So yeah. it was, I mean, it was definitely very usable. Something, something that I found is, especially with the N90S, it's so easy to click it on and just leave it on. Oh, yeah. And so I'll just run through batteries. And at some point, once I start getting down to like two or like one or two bars left, I'm like... It's, I listen to the shutter and I'm like, that does not sound quite right. I feel like it's slowing down hmm. and I feel like the batteries aren't giving enough juice to actually keep up with 
Interesting. The, like the it's not getting speak. it's not getting the mirror up and down fast enough. Yeah, or something. it just it just sounds off. And then I'm like, well, it still says that there's battery life left. So mm-hmm. am I supposed yeah. to replace it or not? Which brings us to an interesting thing because one of the benefits to an electronically timed shutter is that it is supposed to be more accurate than an than an right. uh, you know a, a mechanically timed one. Mm-hmm. So it's not relying on mechanics and springs and things like that that will. Uh, you know, adjust over time or maybe lose tension or whatever else. And so it's supposed to be more accurate. Yeah. Um, you leave those on a shelf for 30 years and come back to it and those, the timing will be the same. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is one of the benefits that, uh, you know, they t- touted with the F3 and other cameras like that is that, you know it's going to be accurate. You don't uh, sure you still want to to service the cameras every now and then to keep them running smoothly, but at the same time, um, you you're more confident that it's not going to lose that uh, that I don't know I don't know the word that I'm looking for, but like Ac- yeah, the, the accuracy. accuracy. Yeah, definitely. how often would you service your cameras? I don't know. That's a good question. Depends on the camera. Yeah, because mm. my F3 I bought. Um, and some people are going to be like, oh, he's mistreating his cameras. Uh, I had, I picked up the F3 in 2014, so six years ago. I haven't had it serviced. Um, mm. I do think I need to get it serviced, not because it's acting up, but because some of the foam on the inside is starting to, yep. to kind of go bad. Okay. Yep. Um, and so I'm getting like, uh, black, uh, specks and particles. And I think I just need to get it refoamed. Gotcha. Yep. Um, pick that up from, you know, there are lots of different camera stores I've picked up cameras from and i've never had issues picking them up from roberts in indianapolis uh every time i picked up a camera there it's it's worked flawlessly mm. um so it's i've had great experiences there and, and my f3 has been no exception so i mean that camera's hit the hit the ground hit the concrete uh from because someone ran into me and knocked it out of my hand and stupid me at the time i didn't have the strap around mm. my neck um and that camera still keeps going so um which is interesting because I, from what I understand, and I have not seen the advertisement, but with the F3, they were trying to, to tout how strong the camera is and how well it was built. That they um, There was an advertisement where they, they hammered in a nail with the camera and then kept shooting with it to show that like it would stand up to the abuse that professionals wanted. Mm-hmm. Because the downside to uh, electronic cameras is that if that circuit board goes, if you have, you know, I don't know... I, a part of the electronics go bad. It's not like it just kind of stops functioning. It's like you're brick. You've bricked your camera. Yeah. Right. So it's no longer like, oh, the shutter speed's a little bit off, mm-hmm. or I'm getting a half frame like not exposing properly. Like mm-hmm. that thing's a brick. Yeah. Yeah. Which is is I toward the beginning of my film photography definitely preferred electronic cameras, just because they were a little bit more accurate in some respects and. Uh, I liked having, I wasn't quite as familiar with like Sunny 16 and, and, right. and, you know, manual exposure in that respect. And so it was, I was nice. I was, sorry, I don't mean to cut no, you no, off. No, I was totally it. unaware of Sunny 16 for the longest time. Yeah. And I think Daniel mentioned something to mm-hmm. me and I was like, well, I don't know. I just yeah. exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I just exposed the way I thought. But, um, no, but with the mechanical camera, mm-hmm. No, 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 just go back on your tangent. I'll, <laughs> sure. I'll bring it back up. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I, I stayed on electronic for a while. That was kind of my, my go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has very much shifted over time because I've had so many failures on electronic cameras that I, I just can't get back. Like, I, I'll have a 1V. I took my, I took my first 1V um, to Ireland and Scotland uh, two years ago at this point. And when we were in the airport... Uh, when we arrived there, my bag was knocked over. It was on top of my 
on top of my Pel- my Pelican case, my carry-on, and it was knocked over, and my camera was in the top of the bag, which wasn't super well padded, and hit the ground first. Ooh. And even though it's a pro-level camera, that amount of shock did something to the electronics, and I looked all over the place. I mean, that camera was probably the newest camera that I had of all my cameras. And be- yet, because it was electronic, I looked all over the place online, and the 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 prevailing thought was like, well, I, I would just buy a new one. It was like it wasn't worth fixing because you could pick them up for three to four hundred dollars, yeah. Um, and to get it repaired, it was at least that. And so, yeah, you know, and, and most of the time it was from old one V parts yeah. because Canon wouldn't service it anymore. It was it was an obsolete camera at that point in time to them, and so there was they wouldn't they wouldn't even touch it. There was yeah. nowhere I could send okay. it. Yeah, so. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the other hand, on the other side of things, my Leica is how old, and they'll keep servicing that thing forever. Yeah. It's it's the M4, which is entirely mechanical. Not not there are no uh, uh, electronic components in there, and I did have issues with it. My first few rolls that I shot on that camera, the the shutter timing was off, but they took it in, fixed it, repaired it, timed it up, and and it's now great. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure at some point I'll need to, to resurface it, but I know that I can service it. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, another side of the coin of the mechanical versus electronic kind of uh, talk is I feel like there's probably some stigma around using solely mechanical cameras. So let's, I mean, let's put aside the fact that like some people buy you know, Contax G, G2 or whatever, mm-hmm. or, or like the, the schmancy electronic cameras. And then after a year, it's a brick. It's really unfortunate. But aside from that, I feel like there's a little bit of this like, well, you're not a real photographer or at least not a real film photographer mm-hmm. unless you shoot fully mechanical. Like, oh, you got autofocus on that film camera? <laughs> you basically just you should just shoot digital at that point. Yeah. And I think there's definitely a reason to shoot with like a fully automated film camera. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of that comes down to stuff that we've talked about in the past where, you know, if you've got kids running around. Unless you're an absolute master with mm-hmm. with, with or that, shooting at f sixteen or, or shooting yeah. at f sixteen, you're not gonna get that shot of yeah. your kid running yeah. at the at the lens, you know. Mm-hmm. And which that's... really came in handy when I was shooting my son in, right. in the sprinkler because yeah. I mean he was running toward me, and some of those shots of him in motion are just phenomenal. Yeah, and I mean in my, I'm I'm a little bit biased. He's my son, but you know, I, I love those shots. And as much as I would love to trust, I mean, I use manual focus all the time with, you know, in our industry of, of video and, and high high end video, high end video, most of our lenses are manual focus. So I've got a lot of experience in that. Yeah. And yet still, I'm, I'm, I know that I wouldn't have been able to get those shots. No, it yeah. was tough, like, shooting some stuff of my niece doing some, like, cartwheels and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sitting there with this Nikon. At, I had to open up to a one four just to get the shot because it was dusk. Super dark, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to nail this focus, and I'm like, man, I just wish I had, an like, an autofocus yeah. because mm-hmm. it's impossible. Yep. Um, but, like you said, a master sure, focus I'm, puller. Like, yeah. But, um, yeah. I don't know. I, there's something that I like about mechanical because you kind of you get into a different mindset uh for instance exposure you know whether you have an analog uh, meter mm-hmm. uh brandon's been loving his oh yeah um, it's an old ge yeah. it's just it's selenium it doesn't take any batteries it just 
powered by the sun. Yeah. And it is just, I don't know, it, it's a joy to shoot because it's, it's pretty accurate. And I mean, there's enough film will handle a little bit yeah. over and under. So, But there was a particular time where Daniel and I were in Philly, I believe it was, and we were walking around and we were just trying to gauge what we'd be reading at. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And I feel like if I wasn't shooting mechanical at that time, that wouldn't have even been a, a thing that we did. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, because I was shooting would, the Mamiya and right. I, I didn't have the, uh, I don't think, well, I don't think I was using the meter in the camera. Yeah. I think your something. meter was off or something yeah. like that. And but. so I was just using my handheld, uh, incident meter, reflective meter or something like yeah. that. And, and yeah, it was like a game we would play yeah, where it was fun. we would, we would read a scene. We're both like, mm, I kind of want to take a shot there. We would read it just with our eye. Mm hmm figure out what our settings would be. And I'm like, I would shoot that five, six at 250th. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know, man, I'm going F eight. I'm going F eight. I think it's, a, I think you're a stop off and we, I would go read it and be like, yeah, it's an F eight. <laughs> you know, it's like, it was really fun to kind of, to play that game. And yeah, yeah, if you have full auto, you're not going to, you're not going to yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would ever venture into the whole, not taking a meter with me with a mechanical camera that like, oh, didn't yeah. have a spot meter. Sure. Or like, like maybe at the very least check your phone to double check. Yeah. But yeah, it would I've also be kind of fun to just take a roll and just go for it. You yeah. Know? You are absolutely that kind of shooter too. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm going to bring a, a camera that, uh, you know, has no focus markings on it, and there's, there's, <laughs> I have no way of judging focus except my eye. Like that, yeah. that's you've done that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I feel like that's not too far off. But no. it is, it is t- like a totally different mindset. Relying on those tools that automated cameras give us, like being able to shoot at eight FPS, mm-hmm. full frame, you know, film camera. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that with a thumb and a winder. Yeah, you just can't. Like mm-hmm. if you're shooting sports. If you're still shooting sports on a film camera, <laughs> hey, God, but God bless you because I mean, that is amazing. I plan to do it when my son gets into into sports yeah. too. I mean, I'm going to be that guy on the sideline with the the 300 mil Nikon yes. glass that's yep. from like the 60s, just over there shooting. <laughs> yep, exact. Well, I was thinking manual focus. Everyone in the crowd's oh, just okay. like super upset with you. Just, <laughs> what is this guy doing? Right yeah, now? yeah. Yeah. It's got like the Ghostbusters looking thing pointing <laughs> at my kids. Yeah. No, it's just a light meter. Mm-hmm. I yep. think I think the the old, the complete opposite mindset of um of going out and being really like in tune with your gear and like oh full mechanical, like oh just walking around with like a Hasselblad or whatever. The opposite of that is going out with a fully automated like I my Nikon N eighty, um fully automated mm-hmm. autofocus lenses i got a, a full range of full frame nikon glass that i had i, I did from just realize you guys days. have very similar cameras yeah you have my, the mine's the mine's the newer version of that okay almost 100 gotcha. mm-hmm. yeah and we don't like old cameras so basically yours is better because it's newer i do not like the self-winding though no mine no, no. mine is wait why don't you like the self-winding because it's loud or no i don't like the self-winding because there's often times when i'm using expired rolls they've been in a canister so long that the tip of the film is bent a certain way and you can't get it to latch on and yeah spool up. like auto spooling when it like just grabs yeah, yeah. It's mine's frustrating mine's pretty good at that it's got yeah. like a like a flap that goes over and like presses it down yeah i will say i've had i've had less issues with auto winding cameras Primarily because they'll tell me that something's off. Yeah, they'll they'll flash the thing or whatever and say like, "Hey, it's you know, try again." That's Whereas true. with my manual yeah. ones, 
it doesn't say that. Yeah. And yeah. so there have been those times when yeah. you get to the end and you're like, wait, why why am on why am I on frame thirty nine? Like I, I've gotten to thirty. Oh, okay. Oh, now I'm on forty. And okay. Actually, with my uh, I got a Canon AE1 program mm-hmm. handed down from my mom, and there was an issue, and I wish it was self winding because I overcranked it one time Ooh. and I broke the spindle. Uh-huh. And like, it like broke the a, camera? Not the camera. The so there's like a little sprocket kind of yeah, wheel yeah, yeah. that you know it rotates it on. Yep. That like like broke in half. I have what? no idea. I have no idea how that happens. The film was stronger than the camera. I guess so. Like <laughs> that's funny. I, and so now I have to take it apart and replace that. And I just haven't. That'll be a really fun project, though. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's so tedious. Yeah. To, yeah. to keep track of all those little bits and pieces. That yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do it yet. But you know, one of the problems with with automatic rewind cameras is you know if you're taking pictures of dinosaurs. And then suddenly it rewinds. It'll scare. Have you guys seen uh, Lost World? No. It's like one of the most memorable things. Like the flashbacks for me with with like auto rewind cameras. There's a part in Lost World Jurassic Park where um, Ian Malcolm, I can't remember, her, Sarah Harding yeah. is taking photos and she gets to the end of the roll. And she's like super close and then it auto rewinds and it's super loud and all the dinosaurs freak out and she almost dies and it's a whole thing. It was a Nikon camera. Um, uh, okay. But, but yeah, that's just... That is a satisfying sound though. It is a satisfying sound. Yeah. It's like, here, here it comes. Time to develop. I don't yeah. Know. yeah. It's so funny. I'm, I'm legitimately reading Lost World right now. Are you? Like I was reading it on the plane. I was reading it on the plane over here. Nice. That's uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, it's a good it's a good scene. I haven't gotten to that. I don't know if that's in the book. The book's significantly different, but I I don't know if that what? part's a in it. a book different than the, no, that doesn't happen. Book different it's, than a movie? It's true. It does happen. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I like the books better than the movies when it comes to Michael Crichton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know. Just going out and shooting with with fully automated camera is freeing in its kind of in its own way, mm-hmm. right? You're you're maybe not slowing down in the same ways, but you can kind of let your mind ease a little bit. It's sometimes it's like more peaceful Mm -hmm. because you just like, I don't care. I don't don't have to worry. I don't have to fiddle and focus on anything else other Mm -hmm. than like, that's cool composition. Boom. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's exactly what you need. Mm -hmm. No, because there's been times where I'm shooting all manual and if I'm doing street photography, I have to have all the settings like preset, Yep. you know, and Mm -hmm. that, to, to be have the freedom of just you know, pop it up and ka-chink, you got it. That's so satisfying. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. That's yeah. For me, it, a big differentiator on what type of camera I'm going to take is um, whether I'm shooting near home or away from home. If I'm explain yourself. So if I'm near the house, if I'm taking family photos or things like that, or in a situation where I'm you know generally able to make it back home, um, then I'll shoot with more automated stuff because I know I'm not going to run out of battery or if I run out of battery, I'm not far away. Sure. And a lot of those times it's faster things like little moments here and there that you don't have much of an opportunity to like to meter and figure all those things out. I just want to be able to bring the camera up, take a picture. But if I'm traveling, I'll tend to go with more of a mechanical camera primarily because I, I don't have to worry about running out of batteries and you know, people would say, well then just carry more batteries. The problem is I have a lot of cameras, and <laughs> how many, Brandon? I mean, <laughs> do you have like three cameras? Oh, yes. Last time I asked, more he than didn't three. Know. 
Well, <laughs> I, I counted a few weeks ago, or it was a couple months ago, to figure out how many cameras. I think now with the new, I think that the latest two either it, it either brings it to thirty-eight or it brings it to forty. What does your wife think of that? Um, she doesn't know about all of them. Okay. For one thing, and also she knows that I have a problem, um, and <laughs> uses that Don't she she wife. uses that to her advantage <laughs> because whenever she wants to pick up something that is maybe a little bit. Uh, more expensive than what I would like it to be. She just asks me how many cameras I have, and I typically just say, touche, go ahead and get it. <laughs> so it <laughs> so benefit, benefits her more more than she would like to admit, most mm. likely. But um, but point of that being, I can't always remember which batteries which cameras take. Sure, yeah. And so even mm. if like I'd need a large amount of batteries to just cover the cameras that I would want to be taking out. So um, with mechanical, I at least know, or like even with something like the F3 where I've got a mechanical override on it and the batteries last forever, um, I'm less worried about taking it out. Whereas like the 1V, granted it it should last for 36 rolls or whatever is what it's rated at for like the the battery that you add in there. But uh, if something goes wrong, if, if for some reason the meter continues to stay on if like the buttons half pressed or something i don't know i've i've had issues with like with the mamiya being one of them where yeah. i took it out and uh left on the uh the the viewfinder that yep. has the automation and unlike yours cuz yours is one that you press down and and selectively it, meter it only reads when i'm pressing it right mm. mine is not like that i see mine stays on all the time there's an on and off switch on the side and because I'm used to leaving my cameras on the F3 times out, right. the Canonet times out, all those after a certain amount of time, it shuts off the meter. The uh, I'm used to that. And yeah. so I'll leave it on because I don't want to have to, I don't want to pull the camera up to get ready to take a shot and then go, oh, I didn't turn it on. Right. I missed the shot. Uh, the Mamiya ran out of battery. And I was in a situation where I'm like, come on, like I, I can't get another battery for this nearby. Yeah. Um, and it was just a pain in the butt. Yeah. What, is it, what does it take? Is it just a blaze? Or Ooh, it, that's a good question. It like a, it's it's a weird battery. Yeah, I can't remember the model One of those battery. Weird circle. Dudes. Well, it's not yeah. too crazy. You can find it at like a batteries and bulbs, or or you know, one of the big battery places. You might even be able to find it at like a, a photo center at like yeah. a Walmart. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't near any of that. I'm. I believe that was in. I ran out when I was in Ireland, and Ooh. I was like, yeah, yeah. So there were. There have been a couple times like that where I'm glad I have multiple cameras on me because I run out on one and I, I have something else that can do the work. So mm. um, so it wasn't the end of the world there, but it was definitely frustrating and definitely the the moment of like, this is why I don't travel as much with, you know, uh, electronic cameras. Yeah. That, so that mindset of like proximity from home and like how that changes your camera is exactly how I think about my cars. Mm-hmm. When I'm going around to the shops and mm-hmm. I'll take the Tesla. Exactly. But when I'm going down and I'm going to do like a trip into the Andes or something mm-hmm. or like down to Chile, I'm going to take the FJ40 because yeah. I know it's not going to break down. Yeah. And then so if I'm, you know, it's just that's the kind of mindset. I know. Yeah. Both of those can't. Yeah. Both of those cars, <laughs> you would like to have both. Of those I would cars. love to have both of those cars. But They're yeah, no, it, it's the same kind of, you know, yeah. like, like anything else. The things that are going to work time and time again mm-hmm. maybe they lack a few bells and whistles but they're going to work and it's Other interesting things you take to battle yeah you know? well and it's interesting too because i feel like there's there's not a single definition for reliability mm. in, in 
in that someone might say, oh, the electronic ones are more reliable because their shutter is is more accurate across the board. Other people would sure. say, I mean, I, I could see someone making that argument yeah. of like, hey, I have issues with my mechanical cameras because I have had issues with mechanical cameras. Yeah. Um, I would say there are more issues with mechanical cameras. However, the, the issues are easier to fix mm-hmm. than, yeah. like, I... I, I have only had one issue with each of my electronic cameras that's died, but it's always been the thing that kills it. Yep. So another one being like an I had a Nikon, uh, gosh, FM something or FE something. Yeah. And it's the same thing. We're like it was an electronic issue, and I, they were like, "It's a hundred dollar camera. It's going to be that much to just diagnose the problem." Yeah. So in, in in both cases, mechanical and electronic cameras, they both offer one like killer feature over the other mm-hmm. which is they both offer that they can get pictures the others can't yeah fully automated fully electronic cameras with the autofocus and everything they can get pictures that like manual f- cameras can't get right mm-hmm. the eight fps burst or the like super fast laser autofocus what's the fastest shutter speed on your leica on the on the leica yeah i mean it's manual wine so i don't know oh no fast fastest shutter speed oh shutter, fast speed. shutter speed yeah. sorry a thousand four thousand i believe it's a thousand yeah, yeah i was gonna say too with electronic you're gonna get it faster shutter that speed. is true that is also true yeah. but your camera conks out the like is going to be able to get shots your man your electronic camera can't because it <gasps> can't get any <laughs> i know it's, yeah. you know what i'm saying that's the thing it's it's people will point to one or the other and be like oh this is better or this is better and I think that it, it really comes down to what type of photography you're doing yeah. and yeah. how much, how long you want your camera to last. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would venture to say in 50 years, there won't be any more workable Canon 1Vs. Prob- just probably. I mean, you maybe might be able to find one for thousands of dollars because it's so rare at that point. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, the, the retina that I picked up is from, I believe, I haven't, I haven't dated that one, but it's around world war ii or you know within a decade or two afterwards so it's not a young camera and it is still cranking away and will be for a while yeah so to imagine the stories behind that camera oh yeah you know Mm -hmm. oh gosh the hands it's been through yeah so it's kind of like I mean, it's also a little bit like, do you want to do math on a calculator or an abacus? One's going <laughs> to last a long time. But if you run out of batteries, fast, maybe if... grab the abacus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to, to like cameras that I can keep a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are features on the... I mean, I also think at this point for most film photographers, the shutters or the uh, the frame rates that you can get on on some of these cameras are just ridiculous like yeah. I, you'll run out of on, on some of them it, they're so fast that you run out of film in like four seconds if you just hold the yep. shutter my, uh, my n80 is similar to that i yeah. mean the, the f100 is really good at that mm-hmm. um, and it's not even like a sports camera the f5 i think will run through in three seconds mm-hmm. seriously yeah it's, it's nuts which is also interesting considering where cameras are now i mean you have what is it the a9 the sony a9 they can mm-hmm. do 20 a second yep and you think about that and, and it's like oh so i would be out of film if i if i had a 36 shot roll of film in a camera that Less was doing that two speed. seconds yeah it'd be under two seconds that i'd run out of film so which isn't that much better i suppose compared to like I know that some of the the film cameras that Canon and Nikon put out toward the end of their their run with, I mean Nikon's still making them, but um, like they're at the end of their pro lines, yeah. we're doing eleven, twelve, something like that. Yeah. I want to say up um, there. 
Maybe that's an exaggeration, but I thought it's they close. Were, I thought they were up there. I know nine was at least hit. Yeah. Um, and at that point, yeah, you're you're running out in three and a half seconds or whatever. Yeah. So um, that's incredible. Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting too because they used a little film history thing that I found out a couple of years ago. They used for Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Nikon F three to shoot some of the scenes. They had oh, really? this giant magazine roll on the back. And they would. It was for the scene where they're taking. They're in the uh, uh, one of the mines, and they're they're like riding inside the what is it called? The a mine cart. Mine. Yeah, mine cart through like on the rails, and they had these miniatures built for it. And so they had the F three on a track with the like a hundred shot magazine or something on the back. And and they they have a video of it. You can find it online. I'm sure uh, of the F three just slowly going down, and you can just hear. Because a lot of those cameras, they did sell uh, automatic wind yep. motors for them. So, yep. um, I mean, even like I, I believe you can get them for like the Nikon F2, which is mm. still a mechanical camera, but you can get motors for them. I They're giant. But, I mean, yeah. pretty much every stop motion movie was shot on a camera like that. Mm-hmm. Like there was it was an old film it 35 mil yeah. camera. And I, that that's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sweet. Yeah. yeah. I want to I want to jump back to talking about um, <laughs> real quick the the idea of like not telling your wife that you bought something. <laughs> so back, you, have you not told your wife that you bought I, something? I you? have not told my wife that I'm I, I bought anything. <laughs> um, Daniel doesn't have a wife. Yet. It's it's thanks thank you. Um, <laughs> Just wanted to clarify yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the listeners. <laughs> so we Cody and I had this professor back in college, and. Uh, he and I would chat gear more than we would chat like rhetoric in school. And, uh, and it seemed like pretty much as frequently as you tell me you've bought a new camera, Brandon, Mm -hmm. he would be like, so I bought this, uh, this new lens. (laughs) So like, uh, haven't told the wife. (laughs) And it's like, dude, you got to tell your wife. That's an expensive lens. You're dropping multiple thousand dollars. But also, but also, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I totally get it. Yeah. He was a legend. He was um, great. I, honestly, I hope to maybe have him on the podcast at some point, because it wasn't until after we graduated from uh, from that school that um, we looked, we kind of like uh, traced back some of our some of our um, old professors, and we found yeah. he, uh, on Facebook, his actual profile picture on Facebook is him holding a, it looks like his whole collection of cameras. Oh, wow. And he's got like a RZ67 and he's got like a couple of older film cameras, like things that I would like really, really lust after. Hmm. Oh I'm yeah, like, I should chat him up about that. And yeah, I, yeah. I remember going into his office area sometimes, and he'd have some old vintage cameras up yeah. on the shelves. And yeah, I, and that was before I was really into like film photography. Yeah, neither of us, I don't think, and, shot much at and all. And now I have like this appreciation for it. It's like, yeah, man, I I get it now. He probably has some stories. Oh, oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it, it is interesting how like there's a certain period in your life where you just i i'm the same way where i didn't appreciate it at a certain point and so i know uh you know there are people that i knew that had really great film cameras i didn't really think anything about and now i'm like oh and they got rid of it or i wish i could have you know and it's like oh i wish i would have told them i mean even it's it's a little bit funny and a little bit sad but even like the the film cameras that my parents had Mm. um i didn't know enough about them to think they were that cool growing up and now i mean granted the ones that they had weren't like it wasn't like a classic Leica or something like that, but it was still a fun camera. Yeah. And uh, they have since gotten rid of them. 
just because they never shot with them anymore and in their minds it's outdated tech so yep. why keep it uh and i really wish i had just said hey give it to me i'll take yeah. it i'll take it because they were donated it's not like they sold them or anything they just took them to goodwill yeah so oh, man. a lot of times there's like these photo geeks of of yesteryear who are hanging on to stuff and they they honestly just want someone to geek out with them about their stuff mm-hmm. and if those people aren't around they lose interest and get rid of it yeah even if it was really meaningful to them uh, my, my uncle was that way and it was it's like just just if you got somebody who's got photo gear just chat them chat them up about it mm. and just kind of reinvigorate some of that passion because like that stuff matters mm-hmm. yeah yeah who knows you could inspire them to get back out yeah, yeah for sure stuff for sure so on our topic then i am curious if you had one camera what if you could only have one camera what level of automation would you choose and which camera would you get we'll do a separate episode on like desert island cameras oh yeah 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 mm. but let's let's say that we're not on a desert island and okay. we just we've only got money to buy one camera it could be whatever camera you want but only one camera uh what level of automation and electronic control do you choose and uh and why my my gut instinct says something like a contacts g2 okay um it's not my final answer because it's a rangefinder mm-hmm. and i think if i was going rangefinder i would have to do something a little bit less automated mm-hmm. because that autofocus rangefinder is not quite is it a true rangefinder or is it a a viewfinder like does it actually show you i don't know if it's coupled actually yeah. i'm not actually sure but just the idea that like you know if i had an m6 mm-hmm. um that you know that's up to me whether or not that's in focus or not and mm-hmm. i would want that responsibility at a certain uh a certain level um so that might be my answer mm-hmm. um however my you know if this is allowed i might say like a uh um shoot a contact 645 okay so again that like i have the mechanical override Mm -hmm. but it's got all those features very electronic camera but really 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 good camera if you find one that's working yeah Um, that might be mine because i love the 645 format Mm -hmm. and um I do like that level of automation. If I want it, it's there, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, I think that's where I would probably go. If 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 not medium format, then um, maybe like an F one hundred, something mm-hmm. along those lines. If I could only have one, I think I would want it to kind of do double duty. You yeah, know, if I wanted yeah. to do some automation, I got that. But I could also totally live with a pony, a Kodak pony. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. With nothing. So hmm. yeah, for for myself, I've. For myself, I find it it difficult to kind of pin down one camera because I feel like my my sights is not on what I want, but it's what I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and not I feel a bad thing. It's I mean, a, yeah, keeps like, you kind of out of the gear acquisition syndrome right. stuff. That, and and yeah. yeah, so it's like I I know what I've got. I know what I'm used to, and I think if if anything, I'd prefer to venture off into and i think this gets into the desert island and i'm sorry if it does no it's but, fine we'll, we'll tackle that on we'll, we'll find a way to make that one but <laughs> i i feel like i would want something large format okay because yeah. because then the images i'm making i can dive in like super close into the details and mm. 
I don't know. And, and large like, format cameras are all automation. There's no true. manual function. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> it really take it really takes the user out of the equation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but there's something about like there's so much detail to this image. You can explore it for five minutes if you wanted. You can explore it for an hour, a day. And you can maybe find something that you didn't quite pick up when you were taking the shot. Mm-hmm. And there's so much real estate that you can take up. And it, I don't know, that's, I guess that's something that so I... So you're going with like no automation whatsoever with like, I mean, this is this is beyond manual. This is like you're putting film slides in the back Yeah. type. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like I if, might change my answer. Because I, cause I just, I want... I want to be able to dive into it yeah, mm-hmm. with everything that I've got. Mm-hmm. And, if, and I think it dives into the, the whole, if you're stuck on a desert island kind of thing, because it's like, well, if I only had one kind, but yeah, yeah I don't know. I, I might change my answer because here's the thing. Like you said, you know, keeping your sights within what you already have of the cameras I own, the one that I absolutely have like emotional attachment to is the Mamiya. Mm-hmm. I don't have emotional attachment to my Nikon N80. Sure. It's great. And I pick it up and I use it all the time, mm-hmm. but the Mamiya is special. Yeah. yeah. And I would want that one camera to be special. So I would say probably more like, um, a Leica or a Hasselblad 500. Sure. Sure. One of the Z system cameras. I think that's yeah. probably where I would go. Something that keeps photography incredibly special. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of the limitations, like, oh man, I really wish I could focus faster. You know, like that would be something that would, would probably get, get on my nerves from time to time. But what would get on my nerves a lot more is if photography became something less than an art yeah. and it became more of a task. And I, left it on a shelf if mm-hmm. i left the camera you know in a box somewhere that would that would be much more negatively impactful than not having certain features so yeah, yeah i can see that i'm gonna switch i'm gonna switch my idea switch my answer over to like a slash hasselblad okay okay yeah and I, a- I was gonna say and i guess if i had to go more of that type of route instead of the large format right i, I would probably say a tlr Mm-hmm. There's something about you are a TLR guy. There's something about just the look of a TLR that mm-hmm. I I love, but also looking down over the top and and framing it up, and it just feels funny when you're trying to get the frame. There's yeah. something cool about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's an interesting question for me too because I feel like there's uh, not a camera you don't own. Well, <laughs> it it ties into the so outside of the fact there are a few reasons I own so many cameras, and it's not like. Uh, Gear, I, I would like to not think that it's a gear acquisition syndrome thing because it's not about just having a new piece of cool stuff. It, it's not about getting new cameras and like, oh, this is going to make my photography so much better. Right. If I, I have, I would have zero issue. Like I still shoot my, my primary camera on a daily basis. The one I shoot more than anything else is still the first camera that I ever got for film, my F3. So it's not about like, oh, this is going to make it better or whatever else. What it is about is I love the I love the uh, experience of shooting a new camera, figuring out the quirks with the camera, the different shooting style with it. I love that aspect. I love the history about the cameras. So, I mean, part of the reason why I wanted to do that vintage lens originally is because a huge draw for me on these cameras is finding out when they were released, why they were released, you know, what what's the history behind them. Um, and then I think another big thing is honestly... Uh, the level of automation is why I have so many. Um, the purist in me wants something that is incredibly manual that 
takes all of the that takes like 10 minutes to set up like a large format thing um but then family stuff having kids draws me more toward the automation so i have kind of varying level one of the reasons that i've picked up so many of the cameras that i've got is because i'm looking for a camera that does a particular thing that will allow me to take um uh, more accurate photos in one situation or a camera that takes all of that away and allows me to just focus on the art in certain situations so for me it's kind of a difficult question in that um i would i would say one of three cameras um, and I'll I'll narrow it down in a second. But the purest in me, if I didn't have kids and I was just you know walking around, absolutely a mechanical Leica, like the M4, which is I love that camera. It's a joy to shoot with. It just feels great, and I love the photos that I take with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a much more realistic one because I have kids and, and a family and all that is either a Nikon F3 or the Canonet QL17. Um, reasons being they are okay. So you're not digging super deep into the automation, not super deep, just because I love, I like the, I don't know. I like not being tethered to batteries all the time. Um, because there are so many times when I'll leave a camera just in my bag consistently for months at a time and won't take it out. I mean, I'll take it out to take some pictures, but then it goes right back in to my bag. And, and I don't, it's not like I get home and unpack my bag. It's like I've got daily carry cameras that I take with me all the right, time. And right. I expect them to work when I take them out of my bag. Right. Um, but both of them have the benefit of uh, auto exposure. Yep. And that mm-hmm. that's something that I... Like I, I like shooting the Leica when I'm not shooting with family or when I'm not in a stressful environment because it allows a little bit more of like, oh, you know, like you were talking about earlier. Oh, what? how would I meter that? Or using the Sunny 16 and kind of strengthening those muscles. But when I'm doing family stuff or particularly when I'm on a film shoot and I'm filming and then also have a camera around my neck, I want something that I can bring up. I can either, uh, you know... Um, pre-focus the camera and just to either infinity if i'm doing landscape stuff or whatever and just bring it up and know that it'll take care of the exposure for me and that i can get that shot Mm. um and so both cameras have manual focus still which i like the manual focus yeah and i that's my preferred way that the manual focus part is a big uh draw for a non highly electronic camera i think that's that's part of the joy for me is is manually focusing Mm -hmm. um but I know that, and, and both cameras I can I can manually expose too, which I do sometimes because I'll I don't always love what the meter gives me. Right. Um, but I know that I can use it if necessary, and I frequently do. Yeah. So that's kind of a manual, uh, manual everything except for the meter is kind of where I tend to go. Yeah. And honestly, I like shooting the Nikon F two a little bit more than the F three, except that uh, it's not quite as fast with the exposure. It has. Um, it's it has a, a light meter built in uh, to the prism, but it does not control the camera itself. So I still oh, have okay. to I still have to make the adjustments. So I can see it gotcha. through the viewfinder. Um, and I, I I personally really like the, the, that kind of automation. I yeah, that, that level is, nice. is great because it tells you in camera, but it doesn't control everything for you. It stays out of your way. Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. there there are. I remember when I went to uh, mm-hmm. when I was filming in Poland a couple uh, what two two three years ago now. Um, maybe four actually now that I'm thinking about it. almost How four years old are you Brandon? I know I'm ancient <laughs> um but I I had my f3 clipped to my backpack we were hiking through the mountains and I was filming a bunch of different things and I was able to just unclip it I, I got it down to where I could do it with one hand mm. I could unclip it and bring it up 
and be able to take that shot. And I just kept the, the lens at infinity all the time. And most of the time I was like at F8 or something. So as long as they were like 30 or more feet away from me, the, the, the subject, then it, and I love those shots. Yeah. And I just, I'm, I'm imagining him in like cowboy boots and he's like, no, I was, I mean the picture of the stuff at spirit juice. If you look at the picture at spirit juice, it's up on the wall. I've got an, an F3 on my hip. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's, and it's from that trip where I had, I was like carrying a red, I was wearing jeans and had a backpack on and was carrying uh, a red epic through the mountains uh we hiked like 14 miles oh i know the picture yeah yeah yeah. and so i just had i had my peak design clip with the f3 and it was just always there i could hit the release with my thumb and just slide it right out and i is that the same clip that you have in your bag now it is the same clip yeah Uh, well so i no i take the back same type of clip they're both peak design but this is the new version so it's a little bit slimmer um yeah the new one's great okay but your old one is still intact, and yeah, it still works great. I just liked the sleeker look of the new one, yeah, to be yeah. honest, and and it's a little less bulky, mm. so it it uh, there aren't quite as many things to this one. I can tighten by an Allen wrench, and it's not a thumb screw thing, whereas the older ones were thumb screws, and so I'd have to like retighten every now and yeah. then, and these just don't move. Good thing so. it's not automated. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. so I'm gonna take from what I've learned today, and just about myself, just like kind of thinking about the way that I'm drawn to certain types of of shooting and particularly lately, you know, it's been either the Nikon or, you know, full electronic with the digital Fuji. And I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to shelf my electronic cameras for a while. I'm going to shoot with the Mamiya again. Okay. Mm, okay. Um, Yeah. I think I'm just going to use that, this opportunity as a photo assignment for myself and start getting back into the the mechanical world. Yeah. And maybe I'll buy a Leica. Who knows? I mean, we've been talking about it We on this trip, particularly. I have been thinking about it. Maybe Daniel a CLE. Has money. Maybe, oh, well, okay, hold, Daniel, hold on. Daniel has hold money on. burning a hole in his pocket. He's Incorrect. Like, Tell me what to spend this on. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> I've been, I, I love talking about um, different, you know, just, just, you know, hypothetically branded. Yeah, prospects. You know what I like. Cody, you know what I like. What, what would you, what would advice would you give me if I was thinking about this, that other thing? And I've been thinking about buying a Minolta CLE for a while, mm-hmm. and you know maybe I'll aim my sights a little higher at a at a, mm-hmm. at a big boy Leica. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. I feel like there are. Um, you're a little bit different than I am in that I know that if I don't go for the one that I really want, I'm never going to be happy. If I, for example, like if mm-hmm. I want uh, uh, a Leica M4. And I'm like, well, the the Minolta does basically the same things, so I'll just get that. I will never be happy with that Minolta. Yeah, I've learned that about myself over time. Every single time, I, I, I'm like, well, this is the more practical way to go, even though I really want this other one. I end up getting the nicer one, or the, the, the one that I want. Yeah. Right. So it's the same way with like I picked up a Bronica because I couldn't afford a Hasselblad. I still want a Hasselblad. Yeah. You know, there's there's something about the history to it, and and kind of um, not that it's just a cool camera, but like right. there's there's a lot more to it. And um, but I don't feel like you're quite the same way. I feel like you're a bit more rational than I am in some respects. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like you you um, you have talked about picking up a nicer Fuji film. Uh, well, here's a, here's a great example. You picked up a Fuji film camera that 
had was a little rough around the edges. It had been used, it and had it was some already at least a generation old. Yes, that is not my mo at all. Yeah. Every time I pick something up online that's used, I'm like, it's got to be almost immaculate. I mean, and I, I try to keep it that way. I added dents to this thing. Yeah. And I don't think you do that either. No, <laughs> unless well, it's an accident. I mean, my F. I, I have to make exceptions because gear is going to get used. If I'm going to use the gear, stuff's going to happen to it. Mm-hmm. So my F3, because I've had it the longest and because it's the one that I travel with the most. I don't care about getting dents in that one as long as it keeps working because it like adds to the character. Yeah. If I dented my Leica, I would probably have a panic attack, which is not great because I, I, I shouldn't. <laughs> there, <laughs> what, what there's something though that I want to add because there's when you shoot, I've always noticed, and you get back and this develop your stuff. The yeah. Daniel, Daniel, yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, whenever you get back, it's always the medium format that I've noticed you're more drawn to and more happy with. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And so I think to take that into consideration when you're we're picking between a 35 mil, like 35 mil cameras, because you don't really shoot 35. I mean, I don't you enjoy do. 35. I mean, you do shoot 35, but yeah, you also yeah yeah. I, that's kind of why I want to buy a Leica. Is well, so here's the here's the question then: Is it because? Um, and this still ties into our topic because is, is it do you enjoy the medium format because of the extra steps that it takes to shoot that or because it's it's a little bit more manual than, say, your Fujifilm or some of your other ones? Or is it because of the end result? It's the end result for me. And it's the end result that I can get within my own power. Mm-hmm. If I develop my film, I do not want to spend an entire afternoon just scanning and, and, and editing an entire roll because mm-hmm. that's what 35 is. And... More often than not, my scanner isn't really equipped for 35 the way that I kind of want it. Or, you know, the film is a little bit more finicky when you scan on a flatbed. And the end result for me is just like it makes me stressed out. Mm. Which I feel like lends itself more to a very mechanical camera because typically you will shoot less. Yeah. So like if you're going if you are shooting 35, I would say you'd probably lean and you have said this, you know, within the last 10 minutes. But like it makes sense for you to go toward a more mechanical camera yeah. that takes a little bit more time and you know because that's you you're not the type of person to rattle off three shots and then choose the best of the three. Not you, even when my digital camera. Yeah, not even that. with the digital. You're the type to focus more and get that that perfect shot, yeah. and then you really enjoy it when yeah. you do that. Yeah. So so yeah, there's there's a big part of me that wants to really just live in medium format forever but that whole idea of 35 like when you when you you know show me scans that you got back from richard photo lab or darkroom or whoever um from your 35 mil cameras i'm like man 35 is great mm-hmm. i just don't like it i've had bad experiences with it it doesn't scan well for me i can't get my film to lay flat so getting into that system in a really unavoidable way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, really, you know, maybe what I really should do is just invest in a better scanning solution. But I almost feel like you you need to take a break from scanning your own stuff. A I little bit. so do because I, I feel I like so it's do. getting to the point for you where uh, photography was getting for me, which is why I started shooting a lot more film. Which is just that you get tired of the process, and I feel like that kills your drive to yeah. do more. Yep, and. I feel like the scanning for you is becoming the type of thing. I mean, I love the fact that you scan your own film, but it. it the fact that you don't like 35 largely because scanning of the scanning, it's like, well, get that out of the equation yeah. then. And yeah, 
I feel like that'll maybe send off your 35 mil rolls and then only develop your medium. That's format. what I've been planning on doing yeah. ever since Richard dropped their prices mm-hmm. re- semi recently, according to you, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they, it's not by it's not monumentally different, but I, it's pretty much in line enough. with the dark room now. Which, yeah. So. I mean, the dark room's great, um, but I find that I get better scans from Richard. Yeah, they do so. have some really good technicians over there. They do. So yeah, I'm I'm planning. There's about six rolls of 35 that have just been sitting around that I just have been dreading developing mm-hmm. and scanning that i'm mm-hmm. just going to send out yeah and then maybe that'll help inform my decision on a, maybe a new camera yeah so nice and not that i need one but you know yeah you know i mean we've talked about it before they're cheap enough at this point most of them yeah yeah um unless you're looking at a leica in which case that's that's like a better investment than gold <laughs> <laughs> that's just the value is just gonna keep what about a gold leica just throwing I mean, it out there that is that that is the if you can afford a gold Leica, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, well let, let's leave it at that then. We're uh, I, I feel like we've chatted quite a bit about uh, leave it on the gold Leica. Yeah, li- leave it on the gold Leica. Um, we've chatted a decent amount about uh, mechanical versus uh, um, more electronic cameras, and there's you know it's it's a big topic, so I'm sure we could keep talking about it for a while. Um, but in the end, you know, a lot of it comes down to how much automation do you want? Um, and I, I wouldn't say that's the only factor, but that's a lot of what it comes down to scenarios too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot like anything else that is heavily reliant on electronics. The electronics are going to go out at some point and you may not be able to fix them. It's like cars. You, you know, we've, there are cars that have, that people are driving from the forties, fifties, sixties. And I don't know that we'll be, we'll be able to say the same about modern cars, a lot of them, because the electronics yeah. just aren't going to last that long. So um, do you want the, the features and the ease of use, or do you want something that's a little bit more tough? A little tougher in, in, in terms of longevity. So, yeah, to each his own. Yeah. To each his own. That's if, why we have, we all three of us, I think, have a little bit of both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. If, you're, if you're very used to one, if you're very used to electronic or manual, maybe this is a good opportunity to get out there and try the other because mm-hmm. there's a really strong attractor to both. And uh, so it's good, to, it's good to know what else is out there. Yeah, definitely. And play games. Yeah. 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 Treat it as a game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, be sure to follow us on um, all the different social media platforms. We got our Instagram, which we're posting to constantly, so we got stuff going up there. Um, they're pretty much entirely uh, film at this point, so um, we have medium format. We got 35s, and all of us really contribute to it. Cody, I got to get you on that, yeah, so you can yeah. start contributing there. So sure. um, Cody's going to become a much more regular part of the podcast uh, as well because he's looking. You're looking to move to Chicago. I am, yeah. So that'll make things a lot easier. Woo-hoo. Yeah, it'll be great. Um, and so. Uh, be sure to follow us there at That Vintage Lens, and then check out our website, thatvintagelens.com. We got, uh, we've got the podcasts up there. We've got, uh, you know, blog posts and pictures, and we got a couple of videos that we put out a little while ago, mostly advertisements. But we're, um, you know, we've been talking about a year and a half now about getting into more video stuff. We just got to find the time. So baby steps, baby steps, um, and latest developments with the podcast. We're pretty much everywhere now so we're on iHeartRadio, we're on spotify we're on apple podcasts and a bunch of others so check us out wherever you get your podcasts thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you next time